Yeah. All you self-promoters are janky. We established like the Yankees. This whole game thankless. We moving militant, but somehow you the one tanking. No limit to why I could take it. And you know me as a Chris Bottle sender. Check pick up a All Things Sports Podcast, episode 12. 12. Dose. Coincidentally, uh, Josh still. Gordon was reinstated. What number does he wear? <laughs> 12. The best player in NFL history is back, ladies and gentlemen. And the best player in NFL history in 15 years just tore his ACL today. What is going on with these AFC South quarterbacks getting hurt? It was Mariota. Well, first. It the was only one who won't get hurt is Blake Bortles. First, it, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's the only one who just doesn't want to get hurt. That's crazy. Um, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of injuries have been happening this year to superstars. That's the crazy part. You have Deshaun Watson now on that list that goes down. Josh Norman just came back from um, a rib, broken ribs. Obviously, Odell went down, broke his ankle. Brandon Marshall. Uh, Devontae Parker. I mean, I'm not going to call him a star yet, but Jay Cutler, if you will. You know, big names. Um, and Three of them on that Texans team now. Yeah. With J.J. Watt and Marcel. And those are three stars. Yeah. Three of the best players on that team. But look how Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins are playing right now, right? They're playing that way because of Deshaun, of Deshaun Watson. Watson. Especially and Tom Will, Savage. Especially Will Fuller. Them Tom, too, they have a special connection. Tom Savage can't bring that out of them, I don't think. You know, I thought this team was going to make the playoffs and like try and make a little push with the way that offense was clicking. Yeah, they, they're scoring. They have 30 points per game. That's the highest in the NFL. It's crazy. Deshaun Watson comes in and just, he's basically, he's Russell Wilson. That game last week, Seahawks, uh, that, that Texans. That game was phenomenal. Like, come on, come on now. What do you What do you want? What more could you ask for? I don't know, dude. I mean, I think we mentioned it earlier when you know all all the Clemson fans out there. They were all saying, "Bro, don't sleep on this kid." For real. The fact you saw, we even spoke about this in a couple. Uh, Podcast ago, when I told you, oh, you already did it. I didn't realize. Oh. When I told you that you know he had all those yards and touchdowns in the college pl- football playoff, right? And against Bama, back to back, might as well be an NFL team. <laughs> that that's just, just like a small sample of. Speaking what of do. which, they are ranked number two officially now that the college football playoff has done their rankings, uh, putting Georgia deservingly so ahead, right? And you know, Jace, I was I was watching um oh uh, shit. Uh Colin Coward. I couldn't remember Yeah. Name. He's got it's that funny, show. I was watching him too. He's got that show with Jason Whitlock. I I would like Speak it, for yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Speak for Yourself. I was, I was at Ale House. But I don't really like Jason Whitlock all so much, but he's a fucking clown. Coward's good. I was watching um they they had it on at Ale House last night because we went right. for dinner. And he said Alabama should be ahead of Georgia in the college playoff rankings because of the history. Based on like Nick Saban's <laughs> coaching history compared to no. um I don't know the Georgia's uh, Georgia's coach's name, but he was basically trying to argue because of Nick Saban's history no. they should be number one. No. And the other dude sitting there, he was like a guest on the show, he was like 
that's so that's such a foolish argument, right? Because like this ranking <clears throat> is this season right now. Exactly. That's and how like, George is playing and dominating uh, in these games this year. Exactly. I, I mean, don't kid me. Uh, Alabama's dominating as well, but. Just look at the stats. That's all I'm going to say. I don't have the stats right in front of my face. Go, I'm not <laughs> fact-checking. You go look at the stats, and the college football playoff got it right, I think, with that. Um, by the way, we're about to run a 12-minute quarter game. 2K. I keep betting the same teams on random. Oh, all right. Let me go. Let me see. So, I got Bulls. <laughs> Probably kill it with marketing. Pistons. 12-minute quarters with these guys. And Hornets, hell no. Hornets-Wizards? That's that's a playoff matchup right there. That is a playoff matchup. That's like the... That's going to be like the 4-5 and five seed matchup this year. <clears throat> Goddamn. <laughs> All right, one more? One more, last one. All right. Give me a, give me a team. Oh! Okay. The I'll process. Go I'll go there. The process. You rock with that? Mm, yeah. Let me see what. Jerseys. Oh, I had this jersey in uh, elementary school. Where you go? The one, but it was. I know exactly. It was black on the top. Oh, that red, one. And red on the bottom. Yeah, I remember that. But I had Iverson. I had the other one, the white one. Which one are you rocking with? White and red. Yeah. All right. Oh yeah. All right, I'm gonna rock with. That one's clean. I've always liked the green Dallas yeah, uniform. Yeah, I think it's ugly. Like the throwback. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no pressure, bro. But yeah, back to this. Um, if you didn't watch, Damian Lillard just put Brandon Ingram on the "Come Here, Boy" platter plate. <laughs> that's free ninety nine. Um, tied up after a shot by Contavious uh, Cowell Pope. Mm-hmm. Which was a beautiful shot off of a beautiful play call uh, from a pass from Lonzo Ball. Ties it up. And with 15 seconds left, Damon Lillard kills clock to .7 and arches a 33-footer over Brandon Ingram's outstretched arm to dagger the game. Kyle Kuzma almost hit a game-tying shot. Yeah, He had 22 points, but wasn't enough. Dame knows what time it is. Dame's the truth. And he's a rapper. Dame Dalla. <laughs> Dame's the truth. We knew that was going in when he put it up. Definitely. But with all that being said, um, I did want to get into some football headlines. We did see that Zeke Elliott uh, is not looking too good for him. No. Suspension's back on. So now, I don't. I, I just feel like, you know, I do understand Jerry Jones' perspective when he says that he feels like he's paying for the Ray Rice mistake, and he's paying for it late. Um, I just feel like the NFL has a hard time getting it right with situations that are sensitive. Right. And it seems like they never did. Time after time, it's just like we ex- we like expect them to do right, and it doesn't. And it's just another task on or tab on Roger Goodell's resume. That yeah. It- he can. He just. He has a way of failing so beautifully. <laughs> Every single time something happens with uh, one of the players or anything, really. And the excuses just left and right. But um. Give me that. 
Yeah, so I don't even think we're going to be seeing Zeke Elliott for the – I can't say for the rest of the year because of how flip-floppy this whole case has been and right. how he's, you know, suspended one game. Okay, for now, all we know, he might be playing next, this week. Exactly. Well, and now it's looking like he's not going to be able to play this week. And it's looking like he's – this is going to uphold for a couple weeks. Like I said, you never know. Right. If uh, they would have just kept the suspension in the first place, he'd be he would have been eligible. Let's talk two about two weeks ago right now. Let's talk about what it means for the Cowboys if he does get suspended. Now, the Eagles obviously at seven and one, um, leading that division. The right. Cowboys just beat Washington on Sunday. What do the Cowboys do, and how can they cope if they lose a player like Ezekiel Elliott, who obviously is one of the most focal points of that offense. Right. In my opinion, you know, Alfred, they have Alfred Morris still. And do they have Darren McFadden? They do. So, I mean, I with the offensive line they have, they should be able to survive. Yeah. But I don't think Dash, uh, Prescott can survive without a run game. Right. Like I mean, we'll, from Elliott. I mean, we'll see. Definitely. We'll see this and week. And it's going to be tough because to make the NFC playoffs and not win your division, that wild card is going to be tough. You could see all these teams now are just fighting. Look at the Bears. You know, it seems like the Bears are still technically in the mix for a wild card spot. You know, you, you figure they're not going to win their division right. unless they go on some crazy run, which I don't see them doing with such a young quarterback. I mean, the fact that, or at least the way I see it, <laughs> The Packers, they probably we've probably got no shot of making the playoffs this year. Yeah, I, I'd count you and guys out. Even the Falcons, even with how shitty they've been playing this season, I feel like that opens up two playoff spots to two teams who, going into this year, we probably didn't think would even be a playoff right. team. And look at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's not playing too good either. Right. It's just I feel like it's the same mistakes out of Jameis Winston that he needs to get over, and their defense needs to figure it out because. They're getting torched downfield. Jameis Winston is throwing these crazy, you know, crazy turnover interceptions. And obviously, you know, a quarterback like Jameis Winston. He's a he's a gunslinger. like Exactly. Favre. He's like a far Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. Andrew Luck. Look at Andrew Luck. Yeah. You know, we'll get to more of him later with that injury. But the type of player he is is that he's going to take shots downfield, you know. Exactly. So if you're going to have a guy that is going to play it safe and be your franchise Alex Smith or be your franchise Tony Romo. Well, no, not Tony Romo. Excuse me. Who did I mean to say? Fuck. I mean, you've got the wep- You've got the weapons there either. Like, you can't blame him for not trying to throw the ball downfield when you've got dudes like Mike Evans right. and Deshaun right. Jackson. But it's, sometimes it's the, it's the sloppy mistakes. It's not just like trying to give him a shot. It's like, okay, three guys back there and you know, you just think he's Superman, which he is, but it's crazy because if you um ESPN did a documentary on Brett Favre mm-hmm. and if you watch it, that's exactly what they used to say about Favre. But they said they all sucked it up and took the good yeah, with the bad because exactly. you know when he wins you those games, he's going out there every every Sunday, Monday, Thursday and he's playing his heart out. Yep. And he's trying to win. He's, all he cares about well, is winning that game. He had a broken finger, yeah. broken leg. All he cares about is winning that game. Anything. Uh, definitely Brett Favre. So he's, but he, 
That's he's why he's very far esque. He's got that. He's got that gunslinger mentality. If yeah. he, when he sees someone in triple coverage, he thinks yeah. he can get that ball there. Yeah, and that's he'll that's throw his, a pick. That's all that. It's a it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah. So, speaking of Andrew Luck, like I did say, we obviously saw that he was placed on the season-ending injured reserve today. And uh, I think it's the right move. I've seen it coming. I mean, obviously, being a fan, I'm more in tune with our locker room than, you know, opposing other NFL teams. Right. But, you know, I saw this coming. We we got Brissett. And especially this, this past week, we worked out four quarterbacks, none of them with the name uh, Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> Anyways. But, yeah, so... We were working out some quarterbacks. We uh, we realized that you know Luck's shoulder is not healing as scheduled says as the schedule says. But um, what can you do? You know, it's next man up mentality. You gotta. Right. You still have to produce what whoever's out there. You know what I mean. Unfortunately, our roster isn't one of the best in the NFL. Uh, a lot of holes on the offensive line, defensive mm-hmm. line, defensive backs. Uh, wide receiving core even it's not so deep so little things you know that Andrew Luck when he came in as a rookie he patched up being the superstar that he is now remember when Andrew Luck got drafted in 2012 he was coming to a team who had just came off of a 2-14 and season because we had obviously lost Peyton Manning and had Curtis Painter playing quarterback for us right so we go two and fourteen. We draft Luck with the second pick of the draft. Thankfully, the Redskins took Robert Griffin. Yeah. <laughs> or was it the Browns that drafted him? No, the Redskins traded up. Did they? Yeah, they traded with the Rams. Okay. That so, year. Whatever. Andrew Luck came to us, and he took us to three consecutive eleven and five seasons, throwing eighty. Six touchdowns in his first three seasons. Now, obviously, he did have help with Dwight Freeney, Reggie Wayne, uh, Robert Mathis, you know. So the help was there on the defensive side of the ball and as, you know, with veteran, having veterans mm-hmm. that know how to play the game. And they let his skill do the rest. Now, we see that this team is in somewhat of a rebuilding stage and quite frankly without Andrew Luck we're at the bottom of the barrel right I think ultimately it's the right move it's the smart move because you don't want to risk your uh, franchise quarterback in a season that you know you'll be in the you'll have a top five pick most likely and there's absolutely no reason to risk Injuring him even further, so I think that the Brissett trade kind of set that in stone. Right, that that set the tone for the season. Right, um, you know, but remember, Andrew Luck was avoided being put on the PUP list. Uh, we thought we were going to see him maybe week four, maybe week five latest. That got pushed back a couple weeks, so we're thinking, all right, maybe like week eight, you know, last week. And I guess he came to practice. He had a setback and. Telling them just, you know, he's can't play for the rest of the year. Yeah. Can't throw. So it's pretty nerve wracking, you know, looking at his future and looking at this team 
who hasn't helped him in the past five years in the sense of getting a strong offensive line or investing in a better defense, you know, to make him not have to score 30 points to win the game. You know, I'm glad we fired Ryan Grigson, but that's the first step out of a thousand. You know, we have a good general manager. We have a great quarterback who's getting healthy. Uh, but it it's not easy. It's not easy to do when, you know, you, you have holes throughout the whole team. Right. You know, and your your special teams, even your, your, your punter, who was one of the best punters in the league, retired last year. Your kicker, who's still one of the best of the league, is, you know, closing in on calling it quits. Right. I feel like Vinatieri's been in the league forever. We're 10 seconds away from looking like the laughing stock of the league. Especially if Andrew Luck can't come back from this injury, which I believe he can. You right. know, so and it's him just being good. out hurts a bunch of players' stock and their value. Like you look at T.Y. Hilton, you look at Moncrief, you look at all these exactly. guys. Um, they were, I saw the Colts were thinking about trying to trade T.Y. at the trade deadline just recently. Yeah, and you look at T.Y. Hilton, you know, his playing style, is, he's, a, he's not a dominant number one receiver like in A.J. Green, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham. But he's definitely a game-changing playmaker. He's a, he's a top three deep threat in the league, in my top opinion. Top three deep threat. Um, you know, he can run some routes. His catching traffic isn't great, but what he does is separate. Exactly. And with Andrew Luck being as mobile as he is, you know, you'd see T.Y. Hilton flourish with a Tyrod Taylor. You'd see him flourish with a, um, what's this guy's name? Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. You'd see him flourish... Even with a, uh, I'm trying to get this guy, Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson. You know, these type of quarterbacks that are mobile and can extend the play and make something out of nothing. That's why Andrew Luck is so good in the first place, because he's the master at making something out of nothing. Remember, Andrew Luck is only in his... His fifth, this would have been his fifth season. Exactly. And he had, so technically fourth next year because he didn't even play this year. So... As far as best young quarterbacks, and, you know, with with Carson Wentz in the conversation, Andrew Luck has produced to be that best, you know, that best. Best young quarterback in the league. But he just can't stay healthy. And right. you, you can't say, it, you know, it's obviously his fault with not going down when he, you know, when he should or when we think he should and not take a beating. You know, he's got a lacerated kidney two years ago. Yeah. That's... That's not normal. That's failure of blocking. That's, you know, putting your quarterback in jeopardy. So that that was my little rant <laughs> on Andrew Luck. I had to get that out. Um, in other news, the Eagles robbed the Dolphins on the day of the trade deadline. And they secured another phenomenal running back in JJ. Right. In exchange for fourth-round pick. Now, to me, well, no, go ahead. I want to hear what you, what you, what your opinion is on this trade. It, it just, it's like a big question mark because it, it makes you think like, like we know Ajayi had knee problems in college. Right. It makes you think like, uh, do Adam Gase and this coaching staff and training staff know something that we don't? Mm-hmm. Where. His knee, his knees are like a ticking time bomb, and maybe last year was a fluke. And if that turns out to be the case, we won't know until we see him play in an Eagles uniform. Um, but it makes you 
I mean, we won't really know until then, but... But just remember, Ajay has never missed a game due to a knee injury in his career. That's true as well. You know, I, I, heard, I heard that, you know, he's dealing with knee injuries, and maybe that's why he's averaging three yards a carry. But I don't, I don't believe that. I think the reason he's averaging three yards a carry is because the offensive line is not blocking well. And when he does, uh, you know, J.J. is the type of running back that wants to make a big play. Right. So I think that he sometimes hurts himself by trying to make a play instead of shooting a gap. You know, I've heard that as well. So I wouldn't just want to say that the knee injury is the reason that, you know, or that's what they're seeing that we're not seeing. It was clear and cut that him and Gase weren't getting along in the locker room. Uh, Which Ajay, is a shame. Ajay wanted more touches at the beginning of last year. Didn't get the starting job. Aaron Foster did. He had to get it back. He ended up getting it. And he showed why he deserved it in the first place. He's in the Hall of Fame for having those, what, three consecutive 200-yard games or something like that. Um, So he he has the stats to prove that he's a good player. He can get it done. He's going to be playing in a committee in Philly Mm -hmm. with LeGarrette Blunt. You know, they're not going to just bench him. But I think it's good for both of them because Carson Wentz is going to be able to just flourish with a solid running game. Exactly. You have a solid running back duo. That's like Marcus Mariota's situation in Tennessee. But, you know, the offense in Philadelphia is way better. Now, that brings me into the topic of, you know, Super Bowl. Right. The Eagles obviously made this move with confidence that their team will be making a deep run in the playoffs for the NFC this year. I see it. And, you know, Carson Wentz, if he continues the way he's playing right now, he's putting up MVP numbers. The Eagles' offense is putting up – they'll put up franchise-breaking records if they continue this all season long, which Alshon Jeffrey hasn't even had himself an amazing game yet. He hasn't even had a game, I don't think, with more than four catches. Which is insane. But yet the Eagles are figuring out how to defeat defensives, giving everybody the ball. Zach Ertz is having a career year. Yeah. Red zone threat. Um, and just a quarterback like that, like we said with Andrew Luck, it just makes you better altogether. You know, having a great quarterback that you can be confident in, knowing that he can make plays, extend plays. Um, you know, he's not going to go down without a fight. And he's liable to make a game-changing play on any given snap. Um, all in all, I think that the trade for the Dolphins... It wasn't horrible to me because obviously there had to be something. There had to be like a, a line that was crossed, you know, yeah. for him to be out that off uh, locker room. I do think Gase kind of wants his names out the headline and wanted to kind of make a bold move here and try to set, you know, a tone going into that second half of the season. But I just don't see how this helps Miami. I don't either. That's... That's another thing. Like, how how does giving up your star running back for virtually nothing help you at all? And, like, this year has only been a down year for Miami because they made it that way. Like, yeah, you lost Ryan Tannehill, but he'll be back next year. Like, you don't have to fucking trade a Jai. You don't have to trade Jarvis Landry. 
You don't have to fucking cut and uh, sue. You don't have to do any of these things. You don't have to fuck up the entire team. Exactly. Just because of a down year. Exactly. Like, the Dolphins were a playoff team last year. They didn't really do much, but they were a playoff team. And perfect example with Landry now. We we were talking about this last week. Do the Dolphins play Jarvis, pay Jarvis Landry? And it's it's kind of more clear that they're not going in that maybe direction. Maybe they won't. And they were trying to get something for him because they think he's going to leave after the season. Or maybe that... I, to me, I don't think Jarvis Landry leaves. I think if they pay him the money, he stays and he stays happily. I think he's happy in Miami. But obviously, Gase is blaming everybody before he blames Cutler. That's, that's to me, obvious. And... He's going to do everything he can to protect Cutler. Right. I don't know. Miami's, Miami's Bro, got Bro, look at TJ McConnell's a... shorts. He looks like he's wearing a skirt. <laughs> they should glitched out. That's funny. Yeah. But they, he they looks like... Have, they shouldn't have even signed Cutler in the fucking first place. The Dolphins are lucky that they're four and three. What are they, four and three? They're four, four and three. They have a winning record and they're trying to blow this whole thing up. That's that's the AFC East for you right there. Oh my god! If it's not the Patriots, it's a for all joke. we know, the fucking Jets are going to make the playoffs this year. With <laughs> other, Josh other, McCown at the helm. Other trade deadline news: Kelvin Benjamin was traded to the. Uh, you traded to the Bills. Bills. So they they get rid of their 2014 first round pick in Sammy Watkins, and then three years later they trade for another. 2014 first round pick wide receiver in Kelvin Benjamin. I I think it'll be a good move because and I'll I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Because him and Tyrod obviously have chemistry. They played in high school together. Uh, Kelvin's also reunited back with um, I want to say McDermott, right? That's him, right? Sean McDermott, the new head coach of right. the Bills. He was right. the, he was his offensive coordinator in Carolina. So there's some chemistry there as well. I think it's a good move because Tyrod this year, he's missing his number one receiver since, I guess, they traded away Sammy Watkins. I just think it was a little surprising from the Panthers. Like, Oh, yeah. Cam Newton was, Cam was surprised what that was they traded it, his friend you know, away. Yeah, that was, they were getting along. They had a good chemistry. Obviously, he, didn't, he wasn't able to help them that Super Bowl run year. So right, when he was out. You can't say that. Oh my God! They're trading one of the biggest pieces, you know, to the puzzle. But then again, technically they kind of are, because he's six four, red right. zone threat. You know, like even though that year that he went down and he was out the whole year and they went fifteen and one, it's I don't I still don't think just because you're fifteen and one without him means you got good enough means to you got to get rid of him. Exactly, they're giving the keys to Devin Funches to step up, be their number one receiver, and. He's not gonna. I don't. I don't know. I, I think this move, because you you can say you know this move is for the future, but Benjamin's a first round 2014 pick. You know? We know how those 2014 first round uh, pick wide receivers are playing. <laughs> is that like, the draft with arguably, and and Wright and not Wright White Kevin White? Was that that draft? I'll. That's actually a good question. I don't know if that was 14 or 15. I want to say that was 14. That might have been the year after. That was because Jameis was 14, correct? Or 
Yeah, I think James was 14. I don't know. I'm not out here trying to spread misinformation. Fact checking. But I know 20, the 2014 draft class has arguably the best wide receiving draft class of all time in Odell, Mike Evans, Jarvis, and whoever the fuck else. <laughs> Word, okay. Catch your drift. I am never using Philly in 2K again. Why not? Because they're ass. They're only good in real life. They're not good in real life. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and Garoppolo was also traded for a second round pick. Right. And they had to release Hoyer to clear space for that. And then New England just ended up signing him to a three-year deal. They're like, you know what? If anything happens... We'll just show San Francisco that bro, Brian Bra- Hoyer is a decent quarterback. Brady's a cyborg, bro. They put they put Brady on the Madden cover, and now it's like the reverse Madden curse where everybody else gets hurt except him. That's Brady for you. Hell yeah. Brady has it's a Brady curse. Now, you have Garoppolo going to San Francisco, and they're not going to play him this year. Kyle Shanahan leading the force. Do you think that this can be the guy that they can draft around and 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 have for the next eight years, ten years? I don't think so. Do you think it's because of his skill, or do you think it's because of the team, or why, why don't you think so? Well, one, it's obviously the team because they've got nobody. They're not even going to play Garoppolo this year. They just lost Pierre Garçon with a neck injury for the, the rest of the season. So you you don't even waste him when your best player is not out there to to right. go along right. with him, and I think that whole I guess really is I mean Jacoby Brissett's playing all right, but this whole Patriot uh, quarterback like sorry New England Patriot backup quarterback situation where everybody thinks that they're all <laughs> seasoned pros and starters right. on other teams. Right. I think it's a myth, and you see it with fucking. Players like Matt Castle, Brian Hoyer, these guys are not starters in the NFL. Right. And I don't, I don't think Garoppolo is just going to magically turn around the Niners organization. You know, when he has no help whatsoever. Yeah. I think he, he's fit for the position. I'd say that. He, he has what it takes, in my opinion. And I think that with taking this year off, learning their system, and coming in next year, I don't think it's going to be. You know, it's going to be ugly for a little bit because the team is that offense needs, you know, renovations. Right. So until they get a better receiving core and I think Carlos Hyde is going to have to go as well because he's not cutting it Um, until that gets figured out. You know, we're not going to be able to see the full effect of a Garoppolo. But, you know, if they can get the pieces and they can make some good moves this offseason and the following I think Garoppolo has a good upside. I think he's smart enough, you know, to to. You learn from Brady, you right. know. You're you're backing up Tom Brady. How how horrible can you be? You know what I mean. Right. So and I, that's not to say that he's great. I'm just I'd rather give him the benefit of the doubt than to say that you know he's gonna just be another one of these. Brian Hoyers or what's this guy's name that plays for the Browns that came in for Kaiser. And then Kaiser comes back in oh, for him. Oh, fucking he, Chris Hogan. Hogan or something like that. Yeah. Not Chris Hogan. That's the Patriots. Oh, Kevin Hogan. Me. Kevin Hogan. Yeah. So, you know. I mean, we'll find out next year, I guess. Whatever, man. I the fact to... that New England gets a free 
second round pick now next year. They're about to beef up that defense and be right back in the Super Bowl because you already know they're making it this year. <laughs> Nobody in the AFC is fucking beating them. So now I wanted to ask you, who do you have as your midseason Super Bowl prediction after seeing eight weeks of this crazy it's NFL? Cra- you know, this morning I would have said Eagles-Texans just because uh, <laughs> Deshaun Watson's been out here doing his thing, and I think he really he could have – that offense could have gone up against anybody's defense. Right. And they were going to give you those points no matter what. But – I might say Eagles Jags. The Jags defense is just gonna keep giving up zero points every week and dominating everybody and I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> I do think though, I think the Eagles probably have the best chance of making it out of the NFC. But until a different team in the AFC proves me wrong, I'm gonna have to go Brady and the Patriots. Okay. I think we get another one of those Patriots Eagles uh Ooh. Super Bowl matchups. How great like, would that like be? with McNabb that obviously he didn't win, but maybe Wentz can maybe Wentz can do the job because I think their offense would just absolutely destroy New England's non existing defense that they have right now. Now my thing I see the Eagles playing the Seahawks in the NFC championship. Cause I still think the Seahawks have what it takes. You can see that they're obviously heating up. This is yeah, the they, time they, they, start they started doing it. turning up. This is the time they started doing it. They just traded for a Pro Bowl left tackle. Um, Jimmy Graham is, you know, he's been still, on fire still the well past alive. month and a half. The defense is going to start stepping up. Home field advantage is going to start counting way more. And I truly think that the Eagles' toughest challenge is going to be getting past Seattle in the playoffs. Obviously, right now, it looks like Philadelphia is going to have home field throughout the playoffs but you know we still have eight more games that's true you know the the Eagles can lose five straight you never know so I mean they did just lose uh, the best offensive lineman in NFL history (laughs) and one of the best defensive linemen on their team really right and so we we don't know how that's going to affect them. We'll see it this week. But and then coming out of the AFC, you know, you have your teams like Kansas City to me is like a safe pick. Like I can say Kansas City, New England, you know, in the AFC Championship. Right. And maybe it'll be the Jets, Jacksonville, <laughs> New York. Well, we don't fucking Most know. Definitely not. Oh, that was clean. I don't know. I mean, you know, a team like Denver, obviously, it's not going to happen. Your quarterback needs to be. On point. You can't not have a good quarterback and expect to win in the NFL. Mm -mm. Teams with, like, look at the Falcons. They're playing not great, and they have a good quarterback. Right. So you have teams like the Jets who are playing good, but they don't have a great quarterback. Look at, but he's doing enough, in my opinion. He, McCown's doing enough. But that's they're because, winning games. That's because right now for the Jets, it, it looks it, it's okay. I don't think that – I mean, he's keeping them in contention. He beat the Bills. I like that win today. Blew them out. They should have beat New England, realistically. But that was a bullshit call <laughs> on um, – Yeah, so I'll, I'll um, give respect to the Jets. The Jets deserve it. They haven't gotten it in a and while. And I'll tell you one thing. Nobody expected it. Mm. I know I didn't. 
I was not expecting the Jets to even be like 500 at this point, and I don't think anybody was. So, however they finish this year, I think I think they've got a a good thing going right now. Especially this receiving core and this pass game came out of nowhere yeah. for them because we knew they had some talented running backs in the Matt Forte and the uh, Bilal Powell, but. Right. Like Robbie Anderson, even, uh, Jermaine Curse coming over in the trade. They got rid of their best defensive player. Um, you know, I interesting. I didn't see it coming. But I do like the Patriots coming out of the AFC, um, just like you do. And I would love to see a 2004 Super Bowl rematch and the Eagles come out on top this year. Mm-hmm. You know, That would be pretty cool. Brady versus Wentz. Who wouldn't want to see that? Now, I did want to... It doesn't matter. You're not going to fucking lose this game. Boy, I might pull up with Joel. Give me that. Oh, my God. Whiteside would have made that. Hell no. This shit was perfect. Oh, my God. Then Philly sucks in 2K. Everybody, they look like so much fun on TV. You gotta trust the process. The man can't make a money. Go. Oh, shit. You know I got Josh Gordon in fantasy just waiting. <laughs> He's eligible week 13 against uh, the Chargers. I was about to say against San Diego. <laughs> right. LA. And I think even if Kaiser's quarterback or Hogan's quarterback, it doesn't matter. Because you know, I can... The Browns probably in 2013 had like four different starting quarterbacks, and Josh Gordon in 14 games still had 1,650 yards That's crazy. receiving and nine touchdowns, no fumbles. The man was clean as a whistle. Now, I think he might get that in the last five games of the year, or the last <laughs> four games of the year. He could, but he hasn't played football in two years. But he's been working out every day. But working out, being in shape and being in football shape, two different things. You know, you got to remember that you're going up against somebody that works out every day, just like you are. I think but he's, he's going to be ready. That man, oof. I've been waiting years for this. He hasn't played since 2014. Johnny Manziel did. I was so ready because I was a big Manziel fan, and I was so ready to watch him in Cleveland with Josh Gordon tear shit up every Sunday, and we we didn't even get to see it happen. Now they're probably going to trade him to Houston for like a ninth-round pick, and then Deshaun Watson's going to have Will Fuller, DeAndre Hopkins, Josh Gordon, or maybe you trade him to the Packers, because why not? <laughs> Trade right. him somewhere. Trade him to. He'll probably go to New England for all we fucking know. So we have our one reason why picks that we do weekly, and we're gonna get into right now. Obviously, canceling out the Thursday night game, New York Buffalo, and I'm glad we're canceling it because I wouldn't have guessed it right. As New York blew the water out of Buffalo, if that makes sense. True. I don't know what water they would have blew. Water. But 34 to 21 was your final score there. And I would have definitely told you that, you know, playing as hot as they are, Tyrod Taylor would have came out with that victory. 
But the Jets' defense was playing very good, and Five so was McCown. Five sacks in the first half. So uh, we're going to kick it off with Baltimore at Tennessee. And my one reason why the Baltimore Ravens are going to lose is because Joe Flacco is not ready. That's, that's all I'm saying. He's not ready. I think they are going to win, and I think the reason why is their defense, because their defense has been killing it. I know we, we saw it against Miami last week, which probably isn't saying much, but they had a, they had matter. a solid game. They their did. their defense has been so solid this year. I just with Mark that Gordon. offensive line and Demarco Murray and Derrick Henry back there and Marcus Mariota healthy, it's tough. Those dudes won't even run for more than 50 yards combined. <laughs> Tampa Bay at New Orleans. Tampa Bay's been struggling. New Orleans has been hot. I'm taking New Orleans the Saints. defense has been extremely hot. They're playing in New Orleans. And I say that Tampa Bay is going to win because Jameis Winston finds a groove. Okay. I know he's hurt. He's right been playing. Now. He's been playing. He hurt his shoulder, so he's been he's been like missing practice and whatnot. Yeah, but I think he'll be game ready. Um, I don't know the exact synopsis of his shoulder, and you know if he's even going to play. I I think he should. Well, not should obviously, but I think he will. Yeah, um, even I if think he, he has, should. <laughs> even if he has, you know, a smaller chance. You know, your season's on the line at this point. This is a divisional game. Um, dug it out. Get a win on the road. Show them what you're made of. You know what I mean? Right. I just think I think right now the Saints offense is too much for anybody in the league right now. And I, I think Tampa with Jameis, who's possibly still hurt, I don't think it's a good look going into the game. Okay. I think they might run crazy all over Tampa. We got Tupac versus Biggie Smalls. <laughs> L.A. versus... L.A. Rams versus New York Giants. I'm going Rams. Hot horse. I'm going Rams. I think they're too nice this year. And I think the defense of the Giants is not playing as they should be this year. And the offense just won't put up uh, simply enough points to beat the Rams. Yeah, I think that's true. So I think the Rams go to New York, steal a win. Um, it might not even be a pretty game. It might be a little ugly. It, it might not be super high scoring, but like I said, I think that the Rams score enough points to where the Giants can't finish it off. True, true, true. I agree. Yeah, I, I'm really liking the Rams this year. Uh, Denver, Philly in Philly. One o'clock game. You know you got to go Philly. I think the fucking Philly defense is going to eat Brock Osweiler alive. I can't believe they're they're starting this motherfucker. Eagles win. One reason why Brock Osweiler. True. I mean, obviously, easily two reasons, three reasons why the Eagles are way better offensively. That's another thing of, you know, can you score as much as the other team to keep up? Hell no. We know that your defense is, you know, we you have one of the best or the best secondary in the league, but That's going against the best quarter, well. I would say the best quarterback, he went out today with a torn ACL. But <laughs> he actually went out a few weeks ago with a broken collarbone. <laughs> <laughs> he actually hasn't played this year <laughs> with fucked up shoulder. Oh, get the fuck out of here. But that's beside the point. Carson Wentz is putting up MVP numbers, and the Broncos, 
We saw what the Chiefs did to him. You saw what Travis Kelsey did to him. So oh, yeah. imagine what Carson Wentz with a healthy Nelson Aguilar, with, uh, you know, you got Alshon Jeffrey out there, Torrey Smith. They do. Denver does have, in my opinion, the best secondary in the in the NFL. But I mean, they're only human, and we already know with Osweiler at the helm on the other side of the ball, they're going to be so fucking exhausted from being on the field the entire game yeah. that it just won't even matter. I feel like Trevor Simeon's going to have a cameo in this winning. game. Yeah. He's going to end up coming in probably in the third quarter. Yeah. I don't. I don't like. I don't know. Osweiler to me is joke. He finessed the NFL. The I'll tell you that. The fucking NFL, bro. I'll tell you that. Because he, he signed that contract. Anyway, we can't dwell on that game too long <laughs> because we still got Atlanta at Carolina, hot Carolina, in Carolina. Kelvinless Carolina. Well, they're 15, Christian and, they're McCaffrey, fi- they're 15 and 1 without Kelvin. I think so. uh, Christian McCaffrey is like fourth in receptions this year. Mm-hmm. So look for him to be a big feature out of the backfield, catching the ball. Um, I go Carolina, wins the divisional game, and the difference maker is going to be Christian McCaffrey. You know, Julio Jones has one touchdown this season, and That's he's going all... against James Bradbury. So. Yeah, the, the Falcons are not. Obviously, you know, all their bandwagon fans last year were saying – Oh, it doesn't matter if Shanahan leaves because he's not the reason why this team's so good. It's because these these guys are blah, blah, blah. And we see it now. It obviously was Shanahan because he was that missing piece to get. He was the only reason why that offense was getting going. And we see it this year. They're just a fucking mess. Yep. How, how does Julio Jones have one touchdown through nine games? How's that even possible? How is he catching three balls a game? Kyle Shanahan has nothing to do with this, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. all right. Says you. Yeah, exactly. Says you fake Atlanta fan. I'm going Carolina, too. Uh, Jags, Bengals. In Saxonville. Saxonville. Jacksonville's got the best defense in the NFL right now. And I think think they're taking this one. Maybe maybe Bortles actually has a decent game for once. Cincinnati's coming off of a... AFC South win against the Colts at home. Um, they won it in the last six minutes of the game. I remember we had the ball and the lead, and we were trying to kill some clock. And the first play from scrimmage after that, we threw a pick six to Geno Atkins off the line of scrimmage. I remember that when I saw the highlight. Score, could, we couldn't get back in the end zone. Um, yeah. So I think, I think Jacksonville is going to bring it to – Andy Dalton, I don't know if he's going to have a comfortable day. It's going to be hot outside. I'm going to give Jacksonville the upper hand. They didn't even play all too well versus Indianapolis last week. So seeing what Indianapolis defense did to Cincinnati, I think that Jacksonville can only do much better. Right, right. So It depends. If if that same Bengals defense shows up, they're going to torture Bortles all night. Now, or all day. We have an interesting matchup here. We have Indianapolis at Houston. Call it perfect timing. I'm not saying. I don't. I'm just maybe saying. it is. I'm just saying. Call it perfect timing. Um, Indianapolis got to go on the road and face a JJ Wattless, Marcellus Wileyless, Deshaun Watsonless, 
Houston, Houston team. Texans team who is coming off of a a loss, but a fairly impressive loss. Like loss. A, a glimpse into the future type right. of loss. And I'd be proud even with that loss on the road in Seattle, you know, defensive breakdown, last play of the game, or, you know, a couple, couple plays to the last play of the game. But um, you see your rookie, Deshaun Watson your rookie quarterback go into the Legion of Boom. Going crazy. And so, give them 400 yards and five touchdowns. You got Tom Savage coming in. A weak Colts secondary missing their first-round draft pick out for the year with an ACL injury. I think that the Colts win because Jacoby Brissett has a good game on the defense. Okay. Honestly, you guys this year are 2-0 and when T.Y. Hilton's got over 100 yards receiving. So I think obviously that's the secret. If you let T.Y. open the field up for you, it's uh, it's all in uh, Jacoby's hands if he wants to throw the ball downfield and get it, get it to him. Okay. So if they can do that, I think they take it. This one's a fun one. Arizona at San Francisco. I'm gonna go two garbage teams. San Francisco gets their first win. They're at home. Oh. They're at home. All right. The the energy's good. They got a they got what seems to be their new franchise quarterback. You know, learning the system now. Well, they and already said he's not playing this year. Yeah, definitely. I'm not. I'm no. I'm not worried about that. But the energy in the city, the energy on the team is probably a little boosted. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And they're playing a team that doesn't have their starting quarterback, Carson right. Palmer. They they're going uh, so Drew, Drew Stanton. This is going to be you know a backup quarterback matchup, and I think that San Francisco. I don't think they have the upper hand. I definitely don't. But I do think that with momentum, you know, going a little bit their way, I guess, if you will, with this trade. and They might just pull it off. So I'm going to go uh, San Francisco, first one of the year. You know what? I'm going to agree with you. I like upsets. I like upsets. I like, I like picking upsets. There you go. So Washington at Seattle is going to be the first 4 o'clock game. Uh, Washington played a poor game versus the Cowboys last week. And obviously due to... The fact of all the injuries on that offensive line. And Kirk Cousins just can't stay clean. So Seattle's just going to make that all the more worse. And I think defense tells a story in this game. Yeah, I'll probably go Seattle too. Especially, I don't know. The Washington's offense hasn't really been clicking the way that we thought it would be. Especially with Pryor and everybody. Yeah, I mean, you've got, you've got like... The fourth and fifth string dudes, Ryan Grant, Josh Doxson stepping up. Jordan Reed can't stay healthy this year, so they're rolling out. Chris Thompson. The vet, Vernon Davis. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, like, their, their leading receiver is their third string running back in Chris Thompson, who only carry he only runs the ball four or five times a game, but he'll catch – Six passes for over a hundred yards and give you two touchdowns. Right, like he their hit Kirk Cousins' top target is their third string running back, and it just <laughs> it speaks volumes about this offense. You know they gave Terrell Pryor that one year deal. Obviously, it doesn't look like it's working out, and you know I think Seattle's just probably going to be too much for them. Now, Kansas City Dallas is going to be the last uh, four o'clock game. And with Zeke Elliott going out and Kansas City's 
run defense playing as good as they've been playing all year. Does that tell the story in this one? It might. It might. I mean, I think we'll finally get a chance to see if what everybody says about uh, the Cowboys' offensive line is true. If if anybody, if Demarco gets back Murray there. can go back there, Zeke Elliott can go back there. Can they just throw anybody back there right. and they'll perform at that high of a level? I guess you know we'll see that against an elite matchup in Kansas City. I think personally, I don't think so. Um, and and Kareem Hunt is week to week. He plays really good. He's good. He hasn't been playing as dominant as he had, you know, in the first five games. Right. But if you see this guy, the little things he does, he, you know, he'll get an eight-yard carry needing 10 and drag the pile for another three yards. You know, little things like that that separates him from other running backs around this league. And he's a rookie. And I just don't think that the Cowboys' offense without Zeke Elliott is going to be able to keep up with you know, the Kansas City. And, you know, it's funny. I wanted to say the, the firepower offense because it's like they do and they don't. Right. With Tyreek Hill back there and conservative Alex Smith. It's like an oxymoron. But if they're they, getting it done and scoring points. If they can stay as consistent as they did the first four or five weeks, they should, t- they should take this one and just run with it because it'll be an easy win. If It depends which Kansas City team that we've seen this year shows right, up. Right, right. The one versus Pittsburgh. No. Nope. <laughs> Game one versus New England? Yes. <laughs> Sunday night football is going to be uh, here in Miami. An ugly game. Versus Oakland. And quite frankly... Raiders? Dolphins. I don't know who's going to win this game. What a shitty game. Because nobody expected the Raiders to be playing the way they are right now. Nobody expected the way Derek Carr to be playing the way he is right now. Jack Del Rio to... to it looks like he's, I wouldn't say lost the locker room, but I, I don't see that that motivation, that eagerness. You know what I mean? That last year, Derek Carr just, you know, the will to win. Right. He was on he was on his MVP shit last year. I don't know. They just, they look like they lost that, like that hunger that they had last right. year. So, I don't know. There's that with that. And then your Green Bay Packers host... The Detroit Lions on Monday night, and the Lions are coming off of a tough loss versus the Steelers at right. home. Right. So you know, fifty-fifty. We're coming off a bye week. Fifty-fifty. You know, our boys are rested up. Hopefully, hopefully they get Hundley throwing the ball. Actually. If Aaron Jones can have him, a you know. Pretty solid game. Help out Hundley. Which I think he will because Aaron Jones is the fucking truth. And that's a fact. I think he's proven it. And the fact that the Packers finally have no shade at Ty Montgomery, by the way, but the fact that the Packers finally have that power runner they've been looking for since Lacey got hurt and we ultimately released him or uh, didn't end up re-signing him. I think Aaron Jones is the future of this team. As far as the running back position goes. Right. And I love the, the Aaron to Aaron connection once we get Rodgers back. Hopefully at the end of this season. Not happening. Depending. I know Just I said, give it up. As I said on the last pod, depending on how uh, Brett Hundley does keeping the Packers in the playoff hunt. Um, but I know that Aaron to Aaron combo is going to be right. fun to watch for the next. Next year. Next 15, year. 15, 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, teams on a bye this week are going to be Chicago, thank God, Cleveland, Minnesota, New England, Pittsburgh, and Los Angeles. So that's actually interesting. You got Minnesota, New England, Pittsburgh, and Los Angeles is going to be an exciting team towards the end of the year. So those are four good teams that we're actually getting their bye week out the way, thankfully. So, you know, we won't have to miss any more of those games. Right. Um, talk about some basketball. Let's talk about some basketball. Okay. Um, you know, obviously, we watched the Portland Trailblazers game just now versus the Lakers, where Damian Lillard just went. Damian Lillard. Yeah. Lonzo he, Ball he, didn't he, drop. He did what he does. Lonzo Ball dropped a goose egg in the points column. <laughs> in uh, the everything column. Kyle Kuzma had a big night with 22 points. Yep. We got to get into this Miami Heat talk. Uh, Whiteside missed, what, five games? Then came back, had a, a nice first half double double. He had Spo was seven Spo rebounds in like minutes. five minutes. Yeah, Spo limited his minutes, which I respect because Whiteside's obviously the best player on our team, and you don't rush him back, especially when you don't need to rush him back. So he got his minutes in the first half, put up an, a nice little double double with the 13 points, 14 boards. I think, you know, with Whiteside back, it sucks because we lost we lost three games in a row right. that we should have won. That we could have won easily with Whiteside. Um, so it's kind of a shame that he had to go down like that, but I'm glad it was nothing serious. And it's early. You know, I'd rather this happen now than when the season's heating up, when it's really heating up. You know what I mean? Right. So, you know, we lost a starter in Magruder already. We mentioned how big it would be to lose another starter. Um, James Johnson obviously had that knee tendonitis and right. missed last night's game against... We played Chicago. Chicago, that's who it was. I'm sorry. So it's not like we needed him, really. Right. And then, you know, this is... I mean, these dudes get hurt all the time. Like, you know, they're they're lifting weights and running full speed every day. Right. And they're 30, 28 years old. You expect something that, you know, bothers them a little bit throughout the month, throughout the week. So nothing unexpected, just super, you know, just taking it light. They don't want them to pressure it yeah and i actually uh going into that that opening game i don't really feel too bad about losing to the magic given that they're the best team in the history of the eastern conference <laughs> right now um frank vogel's worked his fucking magic over there no pun intended no pun intended because those boys are fucking those boys look good they, do. they look really good they're sitting up top at the eastern conference right now at six and two with the Boston Celtics, who, you know, they started off slow. They started 0-2. Now they've won six in a row. Right. Um, Good games, too. And then you see the Pistons, even. I'm pretty sure they're 6-2 and also. Don't quote me. They might be, like, 5-3. and three. But last I checked, they were first in the Eastern Conference for the first time since God knows when. Since, like, Rasheed Wallace played for them. Hell, yeah, Wallace. since they won that 0-4 title, probably, <laughs> against the Lakers. What was the Pistons' last competitive season? That's... I don't even know, Because I don't remember them being good in, you know, 2010 later. Right, because I know there was that stretch in the 2000s when they had made nine straight Eastern Conference Finals. That's which, crazy. that's not even fair. That's crazy. Nine straight Eastern Conference Finals. That's unheard that's of. That's LeBron James-esque. It is. You know? But it he is. had to do it with two different teams. I know. <laughs> and he hasn't even gotten to nine. So, speaking about dominance, speaking about LeBron James and the Cavs, um, you know, Dwayne Wade was talking about how he doesn't think that he had 
any business making their fourth straight finals appearance in 2014 when him and LeBron James uh, did play their final season together in Miami. And, quote, he goes, this, that last year in Miami when we went to the finals, I don't know how we made it. As a team, we were kind of like this. It was worse because it wasn't new guys. It was guys who have been around each other for four years in a row. Your jokes weren't funny anymore to other guys. When you walked in, it wasn't a big smile anymore. Guys were just over you. It's like being in a bad marriage. End quote. Damn. And to requote, uh, he continued saying, but we somehow made it to the finals. Indiana should have beat us uh, that year. We had a mental edge over those guys and were able to win, but we shouldn't have been there. So it was tough, definitely. That's why it hasn't been done a lot. For the guys that's here, you have to pull from something else to motivate you, to make you feel that hunger again, and feel like you had, uh, again, like you had your first year. That's sports. It's tough, end quote. So that's Wade obviously talking about the Heat in 2014. Right. But comparing that to this team in 2017 with this Cavs roster he has, and to be... They're like eight games in and they already feel this way? Yeah, to be talking about, you know, nobody laughs at your jokes, you know, it's like a bad marriage. To be eight games in, like you just said, and all new players, Jay Crowder and Isaiah Thomas were teammates um, before this, obviously, you know, the core of the Cavs, and you have newcomers like Derrick Rose, Dwayne Wade. Right. Jeff Green, uh, Richard Jefferson's gone. So these are all new guys that are trying to put things together and they can't seem to gel in the locker room. So that's pretty interesting hearing that from a guy like Dwayne Wade being so public about his experience with the 2014 Heat and how he feels that they compare to this year's Cavs. Right. You know? Huh. I never would have expected him to come out and say um, that. Unfortunately, Larry Nance did break his thumb today, so he's going to be out for a few weeks. And Al Farouk Aminu also uh, hurt his ankle, so he's going to be out for two to three weeks with a sprain on the right one. Good thing that's not serious. Yeah, but the thing with ankles is that if you come back too soon or if, you know, that's a lingering pain that... It's not going to go away. So uh, something good I did see today, Zach Levine, he just signed a deal with Adidas that could be worth $35 million. God damn. It was a four-year deal. It's only a four-year deal. So he's 22 years old. He can be the face of the franchise. Uh, Speaking of the Adidas Mm -hmm. brand, excuse me. Um, You know, at 22, he can have his own signature shoes for years to come. And obviously, with his high flight, you know, character, right? it's exciting for the young Damn, kids. Damn, good for him. I didn't yeah. see that coming. I so, didn't think someone like that was worthy of getting a big endorsement deal like that. There you that. go. And, you know, it's, albeit, quote unquote, only $35 million, but as a 22-year-old, $35 million is, it's like a basketball contract. Yeah. And that's just for your shoes. That's like him getting that Jay Rich extension. Yeah, exactly. Just including the property for tax the in Illinois. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, yeah, like don't you're not taking no pay cuts. Um, it's funny. I I was I don't remember what it was that I saw about 
Christophs Porzingis' brother a couple months ago or around the time of the draft, whenever it was. But when he was in the trade rumors and shit. Yeah, that's what it was. He was talking about you know Phil Jackson and how his conversations with Christophs and why he didn't go to the exit meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, now he's said publicly that Porzingis doesn't like he's not guaranteeing that Porzingis will resign with the Knicks. Now, is he doing it for his own attention? Because uh, it obviously doesn't help Porzingis in any way. I mean, it can't say it hurts him, but it just doesn't help him. So I don't know what the reason behind it is. Hmm. If he's just being honest, if, you know, KP's telling him he might not want to resign with the Knicks, which if I was KP, I'd want to get the hell up out of there. Hell yeah. So. Send me somewhere. That's, pretty, that's pretty interesting. That's pretty big, though. You That's never know. Big. I mean, look, they they disrespected him tra- throwing his name around in trade rumors this offseason. Right. When they have no business doing that. If you're the Knicks, you should be trying to do everything you can to keep this unicorn right. motherfucker on your team. <laughs> because this kid's the future of the league. Him, Giannis, that's the future of this league. And when you have somebody like that, you got to keep them. You got to make them happy, do whatever the fuck they want. Yep. Give them the Kobe treatment. Yep. You can't let somebody like that slip away. Philadelphia center Jaleel Okafor. Obviously <clears throat> feeling a way about his situation in Philadelphia, deservingly so. You know, he doesn't get any minutes. He doesn't get an opportunity like he once did, right. you know, before Embiid was healthy. And we saw this coming. Um, even at a production standpoint, Okafor last year wasn't even it didn't even look like he was trying right but coming out of the year before that he averaged a double double the entire season exactly and coming out of duke he was one of the best big men um most exciting players philadelphia was super happy to have him and you remember just after they draft him you wonder you know why did you draft uh Embiid? You know, knowing you already have a big man. Right. You draft two centers back-to-back back like exactly. that in so the lottery. It wasn't going to work out, and it obviously hasn't. Jaleel Okafor now is seeking a trade or a buyout right. before the end of the year and before the deadline because he, he simply wants another chance to play He basketball. said he just wants to play. He says, you know, this is how I make my living. I just want to go out there and play. Like, he, I saw the response. I don't remember it word for word. I don't remember much of it off the top of my head, to be honest with you. Right. But I will say he was. it was a very mature and respectable response that he had to all this information that came out. And he said he just wants to be somewhere where he's happy and somewhere that he can contribute and play. And if I think Philly should do the right thing here... And ultimately cut him loose. So this man, this young man, he's still a kid. Right. Let him go out there and make a living for him and his family, not just sitting there miserable when he could be actually doing something and contributing right. to some to, an to a different franchise. team. Yeah, exactly. I think it's not fair that they're just like holding him hostage. And I think with a new change of scenery, you know, he can revamp his young NBA career and you know have seek alternative motivation. On finding, you know, his 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 way in this league, right? Because he's obviously a double double talent in the NBA. Definitely. We saw it his rookie year. He's a scorer. He's he a was scorer. putting up seventeen and ten. I'm pretty sure. Now, don't quote me on that. <laughs> we don't we don't fact check. But 
you know, nonetheless, Jaleel Okafor deserves another chance. And then we'll start shit-talking about the NBA once he proves us either right or wrong. True. Um, little news. Georgetown Hoyas' uh, new coach, Patrick Ewing, shout-out to him. Hey. Played there in the nine, in the 80s, excuse me. And uh, obviously had a great career in Georgetown. Great career for the Knicks, but... Couldn't Speaking land. Of Okafor, I'm this. I'm this man right now. <laughs> oh, give me that. He couldn't land a coaching job in the NBA. Started in college. You wonder if Patrick Ewing. We may see him, depending on how his stint goes in college. If we see him in the NBA anytime soon, you never know. So I think he deserves a shot at coaching. He was an excellent assistant coach uh, during his time in the NBA. So I think eventually, probably sometime in the next couple of years, he'll probably find his way back into the NBA. And like I said, that depends on you know how he how things go with him in Georgetown. Right. If he can turn Georgetown into that team that doesn't lose to the 15 seed in the <laughs> tournament, then yeah, he'll probably end up staying. But right. if not, I think he'll be out because that seems to be what they have the most trouble with. They can't make it past the damn first round going up against a 14 seed, a 15 seed. Speaking of can't get past the first round, um, <laughs> the Boston Red Sox couldn't get past the first round this year in the playoffs, nor could they last year. However, last year, they lost to the second best team in the MLB. Mm-hmm. And this year, we lost to the World Series champion Houston Astros, which I believe deserve a round of applause. So much respect for them. You guys can clap. I'm that city clap. needed it. I saw people on Twitter saying they sacrificed Deshaun Watson's ACL so that they could win the fucking World Series. <laughs> Yo, they're so rude. But um, seriously, the Houston Astros playoff run this year was as exciting. It was historical. Historical. Um, Anxiety, rushing, you know, all these things made it great. You got players like Carlos Correa, Jose Altuve. Um, We spoke about, we were recording one of the podcast episodes the night of the Justin Verlander trade when uh, you mentioned that he got, they got, (laughs) Houston got him as a tax donate, as a, as a hurricane donation. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's funny. It makes me laugh, but um, no, seriously, Justin Verlander came in, and I don't think the Houston Astros win the World Series if they didn't trade for him, literally at the deadline, the night of the trade deadline, mm-hmm. you know? So you got guys like Alex Bregman, who were at LSU playing baseball two years ago. You got Carlos Correa, who was your number one pick, what, three years ago? And, you know, you guys were losing over 100 games and Jose Altuve, which is the best player on your team and arguably the best player in the AL, just, you know, sitting, sitting, riding it out, hoping and believing that this team will, you know, soon see the light of day. Mm-hmm. And a couple of years later, they go on to win a World Series, the first in their franchise history. And after a devastating year for the city in general, um, an exciting year for the basketball 
team, you know, right. in the off season, an exciting year for the football team after finding Deshaun Watson. Obviously, today, you know, news broke. Right. These, these motherfuckers in Houston didn't even wake up from celebrating the World Series win. And, and when they wake up. Right. But I just wanted to, a couple of things I wanted to point out was Clayton Kershaw, as great of a pitcher he was this regular season, and even throughout his playoffs. And as far as game one of the World Series. You know, game one, he comes in and he pitches seven innings. He has one hit, no runs. All right. Game five comes in, pitches four and two and uh, four and two thirds, six hits, three runs. Yesterday. He was great. Mm-hmm. He pitched for four innings, um, two hits, and two runs. He wasn't great. Two runs. He only let up two runs. But if we all year we see this masterpiece of pitching, you know, he even went down with back surgery. I think he had, and he comes back and he throws, you know, fourteen strikeouts his first game back. The hitting of the Astros is too good. Too good. Mm-hmm. They're the best hitting team in baseball. It's obvious. Um, guys like Carlos Correa, guys like Bregman, George Springer. George Springer was the MVP, and he hit, I want to say, five home runs in like. He might have hit five home runs that series. Again, we don't fact check here. <laughs> but the World Series that this guy had and the, the, the sparks that he would bring throughout the game and, and the key runs that he would score throughout these games, just just you could tell was the difference. And you could see why, you know, the Astros were going to win this series. When, when the Dodgers had them in the corner, look at game uh, six, I believe it was, or excuse me, Game five, when the Dodgers had them up and Jansen blows a save. You know what I mean? So, little things like that. Springer, congrats to you. You know, MVP. Correa, congrats to you. Proposed to his wife or his fiance on national TV. Mm-hmm. She said, yeah. Uh, I'm going to get into that a little later. And, um, you know, congrats to the Astros. You, Darvish, I think he should have been pulled three batters into the game. He obviously came in game one, or excuse me, game three, and he let up four runs, six hits in an inning and a half. So now they have to pitch him in a game seven, and he goes out and pitches an inning and a half, gives up three hits and five runs. Yeah, you know that's not gonna cut it. So that's not gonna cut it. I saw a cool stat that Houston, I guess um, they beat the three teams with the three highest payrolls in the MLB this year in the postseason alone. Wow! Yeah, that shit was crazy when I saw that. And what's even crazier is that a lot of like 
the majority of this Astros team, they're all young. They're on bullshit contracts, yep. like cheap yep. contracts. Yep. They're going to be together next year. They might repeat. Yep. I We might see Dodgers-Astros Dodgers, gonna... Dodgers Astros 2018. And it's disappointing because the Dodgers have, you know, studs. Look at Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager, Justin Turner, uh, Puig, obviously. Jock Peterson. These are all young dudes, but Corey Seager and Cody Bellinger weren't ready for this moment. No. Strikeout kings, you know? So, hell of a World Series. One of the best I've seen. Thankful for it. Um, I'm glad Houston got the win for the city. Yeah. I think it, it's like, it just adds to that story. It adds to that story. That's just pretty cool. I wanted to... We didn't have many questions. We, I mean, we didn't have questions, but we had a good question that one of our loyal listeners, Mr. Justin, did want us to talk about. <laughs> and the um, question was, which position in the NBA has evolved the most in the past 25 years? Which position in the NBA has evolved the most in the past 25 years? I'll tell you right now, in my opinion, it's the center position. Okay. And that's because 25 years ago, the only thing a center could do was rebound, block, and shoot like a little low post hook or whatever. Now, you got these motherfuckers bringing up the ball. They all, like 90% of them have outside game. They got handles. They're getting, some of them are getting six, seven, eight assists a game. Right. You look at a dude like uh, Nikola Jokic, who's out here almost averaging a triple-double. This dude looks to pass yeah. the ball before he looks to shoot the ball. <clears throat> You've got the dinosaurs like Whiteside, who even has started to um, improve his game on the outside, and someone like Andre Drummond. And then you got the guys who are revolutionary, like Towns, yeah. for example. Yeah. Like the game, like I think the center position has evolved the most. Yeah, I mean, it's to me, it's a toss up between the four and the five because at the four, you know, traditionally you need a you know, six ten, you know, six eight to six ten guy who right. can rebound, play physical defense. Oh, I know what you're gonna say. You're going to talk about, like, uh, how teams are, more teams are playing small ball? Yeah, you know, and the NBA has just That's changed true. in yeah. general because you look at, you know, look at a Draymond Green, perfect example. You know, 6'9 at most, if you want to give it to him. Um, phenomenal defense, can shoot the ball, stretch the defense, you know, when he's on offense. Right. And he can guard <laughs> one through five when he's on defense. Right. Obviously, not everybody – is Draymond Green, and you're not right. going to get that from everybody. But look at a Kristaps Porzingis in where, again, stretches the floor on offense because of his shooting ability. Really, shooting is the main thing that is changing the game, um, and it's being expected from more people than before. Right. 
25 years ago. You know, 25 years ago, if a seven-foot motherfucker like Porzingis is getting drafted, he's not playing power forward. Exactly. They're throwing him at the five. And and if he shoots that ball, you better shoot it good because what are you doing shooting the ball? What is a power forward doing at the three-point line? Right. Rasheed Wallace was one of, I remember, you know, Chris Webber even a little bit used to stretch the floor. Rasheed Wallace, you know, Dirk has always, you know, been that Stretch four, lanky four, because right. he wasn't, you know, solid at the legs to play five. But, you know, like you said, small ball. Look at Justice Winslow. You can put Justice Winslow at the four, James Johnson at the four. And these guys, if all they have in common is that, except for Justice Winslow, <clears throat> is that they can stretch the floor and they're very athletic. Right. Fours traditionally were a little stockier, less athletic. You know, like I said, solid rebounders and paint, even rim protector, kind of. You know, they played that job to help the center. Um, Tim Duncan. KG, those type KG. of guys. In our, in our most recent memories exactly. of, like, the true power forward. So, and to feed off what you're saying, traditionally, you weren't having 6'8", 6'9", 6'10", 6'11", 7-footers bringing the ball up the court. You look, you look at exactly. somebody like Ben Simmons who's playing, who's a fucking point forward. Even LeBron. LeBron fucking changed the yep. game. Uh, you look at KD, who's 6'11". Probably over, probably, he's probably seven foot for exactly. all we know. They might lie about that shit. And you've got him playing the three. Uh, and he's probably the best score, one exactly. of the best scorers in NBA history. This, Easily could be a four. Yeah, know? like in, if he's playing 25 years ago... He, that man's like six eleven. He's playing He's the five. Bill, Bill like, Russell. Yeah. Bill Russell. The yeah. It, it's crazy. It's so, crazy. There's that. Um, I I'm did give wanna, us props. We 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 answered the fuck out of that question. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to get into the best thing you saw this week. Least favorite thing you saw this week. You know, before we go. Okay. Um, best thing I saw this week. There was a couple of things, uh, but. That Carlos Correa thing was pretty good. You With know? him proposing? Yeah, proposing. I um, agree. That's, you know, you win a World Series for your city. One, you know, I'm happy for Carlos Correa, and I've, o- I've always been this whole season um, because, one, I'm a Carlos Correa fan. He's Puerto Rican. He puts on for the country and in a great way. And shit, you know, he's, he's balling. You know right. what I mean? He's a baller. Number one draft pick. Could he do it? He did it. Best shortstop in the league. Is he? Yes. World Series champion. Check. You know, 23 years old. What is he? So, you know, he gets his World Series ring, and then he gets to propose to his fiance. Um, if they don't win that game, is that proposal going to go down that Man, night? Man, I was just about to ask you that shit. Is that if, game going to go down win, that night? If they don't win, does he wait till they, you know? they win the World Series that, next year? Or does he, <laughs> right? So, Sorry, babe. I got to um, put it off. Give me another year. <laughs> So you know that that was that was awesome for me. Um, He's trying to give her two rings in one <laughs> in one night. And the the worst thing I saw this week uh, obviously has to be you know what happened in New York not too long ago with that. Oh, the dude who drove in the bike lane. And you know the ISIS terror attack with the guy from you 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 I don't even know where he was from, but um, rest in peace to all the. People that were in New York City that lost their lives that day. Um, 
you know, prayers to the families of them and those who were injured. We hope for a speedy recovery here. True. And, you know. We do. We do. Just more world peace. It's sad shit like this keeps happening. But, you know, what could you do, man? Ugh. Not a damn thing. What was the best thing you saw this week? I know the worst thing I saw this week. Since I don't want to repeat yours. <laughs> which obviously is the worst thing that happened this week. But, you know, the fact that I still, I still can't believe when I got that notification that Deshaun Watson might have tore his ACL in practice today. I, I was at the barbershop, and it's funny. Uh, one, of my, one of my friends were in one of the chairs, and he was just like, yeah, you know, that quarterback Watson just tore his ACL. And I was just like, wait. What? <laughs> like, oh, which which, excuse which me? guy? Which Watson? What? He's like, yeah, I just got the update, you know, not too long ago. Immediately pulled out my phone, checked, and saw just now. Sure enough. Sean Watson. I was like, wow. Once they How came once they came out and said it was non contact and it was knee. It's I was ACL. like, Oh yeah. Especially when it happened to Jordy two years ago. Non contact. We saw it happen in the preseason. We saw it happen to uh what's this guy's name? What's this guy's name? Oh, man. Non-contact ACL tear. He was in the middle of the field. I mean, Julian Edelman was one of them. I was going to say Edelman. Edelman yeah. was one of them. And then that might have been the one I was talking about, actually. Uh, it might have been. That that was the one that came to my head at first. Yo, I, I, I want to say there was another non-contact ACL injury this year. Oh, well. You know. well while you're thinking of it, I'm going to say the best thing I saw this week was Hassan Whiteside coming back and not looking like he he missed a step. There you go. He looked know, like he he I know Spo was uh Spo was trying to be easy on the minutes and limited a little bit, you know. It was the it was the Bulls. We didn't really need Whiteside for 35 minutes and he still managed to just put up those Whiteside numbers. He hit another 3. We saw Spo's funny ass face. Yeah. He was trying not to laugh. Um I think and I'm really hoping that you know, Whiteside gets some recognition this year. He led the league in blocks two years ago, led the league in rebounds this year. I think he can obviously be a 20 and 14, 20 and 15 Definitely. guy. And I want to see him make his first All-Star game this year. And Definitely I also think the Heat are undefeated right now if he doesn't go down. <laughs> that's a, that's a Actually, strange. I think they're... They're probably six and one or seven and one right now since we we even we lost against Orlando regardless because yeah, right. they turned out to be the, the best team in NBA history so far this year. <laughs> so we were gonna lose that shit regardless. <laughs> you so, with Whiteside's big ass fucking game. I think that wrapped things up, man. This has been a fun episode. We had that two K playing in the background. Um, Get my ass. Boy. Follow us on SoundCloud. All things sports podcast. Like subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, subscribe, uh, rate us, review us, share us on Instagram, Twitter, at Julian Gorris, at DM Reich. You know the deal. See you next week. They was trying to get me. They was trying to get me out. Y'all don't know what I'm about. Y'all do it for the clout. The streets like, where you at? Told niggas I'm in route. I was working at the house in the stool, sleeping on the couch, trying to figure out. What my next move is, come move with the movement I see through you old transparent niggas, who you guys think you fooling? We billin' billin', picky ring drippin' drippin' 
My necklace is drooling. Trey Pound got a buck. Park a nigga like amusement. No clowns over here. No ha ha, no amusement. Nah, nah, we ain't losing. Y'all got us confused with them other niggas over there. Who them? Who them? And I'm hopping out the bins. Giovanni by the lens. I ain't come here for friends. I came here to make money. Save money, then I spend. MA, where you been? Don't you do that shit again. You think I give a fuck what a hater gotta say about me? That's exactly what they hate about me. They around me when the sunrise, when the sun's shining. But where the fuck y'all was at when it was cloudy? Fake niggas, please get the hell from around me. I don't even know why these niggas is around me. Get that back. That was the same niggas that doubt me. Get a check, flex, check, check. Louis Pack got me bugging out. Louis Scarf gotta thug it out. New chain had to flood it out. My money never running out. Cut the check, bitch. Tell them hey, niggas cut it out. Where the light at? The blunt is out. Pull me up when my cup is out. Didn't mean to fuck her. She had a cramp, so I rubbed it out. Kick bitches out. Way by with my rubber out. Your opinion doesn't matter. That's one thing I don't give a fuck about. Dick riding, ass kissing. That's something I know nothing about. Everybody in the same lane, so I went and took the other route. Bagging weed in my mother house. If she knew, she would cuss me out. Same black tee, same sweatpants. Oh well, had to bum it out. Youngie made this, youngie made that. Damn nigga, what the fuss about? Nah, niggas just tryna figure out when the next joint coming out. Oh. Nowadays, niggas want favors. But if you talk about money, well, homie, then we can work something out. Louis Scarf from the right side. Yeah, nigga, that's the right side. Give my blood, niggas, high fives. High five, her eyes chink and her pussy pink like high eyes. Bad chick, but that don't mean I won't bring her ass right to Popeyes. Two piece and a thigh for you. I ain't paying if the price high. Get money, act broke. That's the model I apply by. Never bougie, we on vacay, born Henny and on my ties. Never change, I'm still the same, drinking Minute Maid with the hot fries. In the club and VIP with y'all bitches and my guys. We get money, we don't want beef, take that beef shit to five guys. Start shit, got five guys with five nines, hit you five times. Uh, extend those on the chopper, niggas thought we was carrying a tripod. Niggas like where the hoes at, my bed is where the thighs high. Them lame niggas there, small poppin' here on my side. Fake niggas move left. Real niggas move clockwise. Blow a check at the jeweler, cause I won't wear nigga if it's not fucking mine. <laughs> ah.